0: Hey, Valley family, welcome to week number six uh, in our series that we're calling Summer Mixtape, and uh, we've just gotten so much great feedback from from so many people about uh, this series, these standalone messages that really as a teaching team, you know, here at the church, we can really speak about things that we're passionate about, things that really God has uh, is speaking to our hearts, and even though they're standalone, just really cool, uh, so much great Uh, news that we're hearing and how it's impacting the lives of so many people and and today i want to talk i want to look at one of the miracles that jesus performed because it speaks so much to me personally and it's really a -a one-of-a-kind uh miracle it's only recorded in mark's gospel it's not in luke or john or in matthew and 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 as we kind of read through this story i want to stop a few times because There's so much meat here, kind of take a few rest stops, make a few points, and then we'll apply it to our lives. So uh, my notes are on the Valley Christian Church website, valleyny.cc. You can follow along, add your own notes, and email them back to yourself. You'll have them forever and ever and ever. So here we are, Mark chapter 8, verse 22. Jesus heals a blind man, gives him sight back in a real interesting way. And I think that's why it's not repeated again, and we'll probably be glad that he didn't repeat this more than once. Mark chapter 8, verse 22, it says, Then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So first of all, we find his friends, this friends of the blind man, brought him to Jesus, and they begged Jesus to touch him. It doesn't say anything about the blind man that he believed or he had faith or anything like that. Uh, necessarily at this point, but it was his friends that brought him to Jesus. You know, our friends, the right friends, uh, they either help us to grow closer to Jesus, the wrong friends pull us away from Jesus. And I think this blind man was probably very, very thankful for his friends. And it says, so he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. Now think about that for just a minute. Put yourself in the sandals, if you will, uh, of this blind man. Uh, First of all, your friends bring you to Jesus for him to do a miracle. And then Jesus, this guy you never met, takes you by the hand and he leads you out of town. As a blind person, I would think, you know, your your surroundings are so important. It's so important that you're in a familiar place, a place of comfort, because you don't have sight. And, And Jesus pulls him out of his familiar surroundings takes him away from his friends and all that, takes him outside the town. You know, sometimes Jesus, (laughs) we got to get out of our comfort zone for Jesus to do his mightiest miracles in your life and my life. It's not where we're comfortable. It's not where everything is normal, where everything goes expectantly. And so Jesus takes him and he leads him by the hand out of town. And when he had spit on his eyes, he spit on his eyes. Now, this is not the same miracle as is also recorded in one of the Gospels where Jesus spit in the mud first, then took the mud and put it on the blind man's eyes. Different blind man, different miracle. This one, direct contact with the spittle. This was just like, strange man, my friends bring me to him, I'm blind, he takes me by the hand, he walks me out of the town, and then he unloads a hawker right into my eyes. That's literally what's happening here crazy crazy to think about direct contact he spit on his eyes and he put his hand on him and he asked him if he saw anything now this is just crazy when i think about that jesus the creator of everything he asked him do you see anything do you see anything and look at what the response is and he looked up and said i see men like trees walking. You, you know, he had, he had tree sight. You know, we, sometimes Jesus touches our lives and we see things a little bit more clearly, but still kind of blurry because of our own hurt, because of our own pain. Then he put his hands on his eyes again. It's so powerful. This whole idea of the second touch, that he put his hands on his eyes again. That's why we're calling this message, do it again. Do it again. He put his hands on, him, on his eyes again, and he made him look up, and he was restored, and he saw everyone clearly. He didn't see men like trees anymore, fuzzy, blurry. He saw everyone clearly. And then he, that's Jesus, Sent him away to his house saying, neither go into town nor tell anyone in the town. Some translations put it like this, kind of like, don't go back the way you came. You know, when Jesus really touches your life and touches my life, we, we, we don't go back the way that we came. We, we can't just return back to our former self. We're different. Everything looks different. We have a different kind of clarity, and we can't go back to our old habits. We can't go back to our old surrounds. We can't go back to that old situation again. And Jesus literally tells them, "Go a different way." You know, I, I don't know about you, but uh, one one of the greatest inventions, in my opinion, uh, modern invention is navigation, you know, Google Maps and all that. Who 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 agree with me on that? Man, that has been a lifesaver. Uh, for me, I, I mean, I have a really, really poor uh, sense of direction. I, I remember, I remember when my dad drove me down to college. We drove from here, Hopewell Junction, all the way down to Pensacola, Florida. And he said, son, I have something for you. And he gave me his atlas. You know, like, remember the atlas is like a book of maps, had this old pleather cover on it. And, and you used to literally, like if you're by yourself, you had that map open next to you on the big bench seat in the front, you know, of the Plymouth Volari that I had. And you're literally trying to, with your finger, follow where you're supposed to be going. And then you run over the border of a state and you got to flip the page and find out where that is. I mean, no, no wonder... Uh, I got lost as often as i did and and just e- even later in life now i'm not talking about when i'm 18 years old that was the time we had a guest speaker coming to the church that flew into newark airport i drove down there to pick him up and it literally took me four hours to get home from newark airport back here to hopewell junction and it wasn't because there was any traffic problem there was none in, in fact uh I, it was the second time i think that we passed by metlife stadium that uh, the, the guest speaker is like, haven't we been this way already before, Greg? And uh, I mean, I just get lost all the time. And so navigation has helped me out so much. And, and the best part of it is rerouting. Amen? Is there an amen in the house? When all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're ahead and it's like, you know, there's a delay up ahead. Let's reroute you. That's what Jesus did here. He goes, neither go into the town nor tell anybody. When God touches your life and my life, oftentimes he reroutes us. And he reroutes you and he reroutes me to spare us unnecessary pain and heartache and delay in his work that he's doing in our life. And we can push against it like, no, I'd rather stay you know, stuck in traffic or we can follow the direction of the Holy Spirit and the direction that Jesus gave the blind man here and not go back the way that we came, but allow the Holy Spirit to reroute you and reroute me into the fullness of the plan and the purposes of God in our lives. You know, God is, is the God of the reroute. Let me, let me put it this way. Here at Valley Christian Church, we believe God is the God of second chance. He's the God of the second chance. And sometimes we need course correction from a wrong direction. Sometimes we need course correction From a wrong direction. The the reason I love this miracle so much is that sometimes I don't get it right the first time. Sometimes I need help. Sometimes I need a second chance. Sometimes I need a a second touch from Jesus because things still aren't very clear in my life. I need another touch. Do it again, Jesus. Touch me again. You know, I was a young boy and I came to Christ in just a moment, but it was pretty clear. That I was gonna be a work in progress. And the reality is every one of us is a work in progress. It didn't just one moment that God touched my life, one moment God touches your life. Every one of us is a work in progress. And I love that second touch. He touched him again. Jesus, do it again. There there's there's a miracle that happens when we're in motion. As I've been reading the scripture lately, it just, just it struck me so much about how much you, you know that that Jesus led him out of the town. There's another time where Jesus heals two lepers, two, 10 men rather, 10 men that had leprosy, and they, they come to him and he goes, okay, you're healed, and they look exactly the same. And he says, go show yourself to the priest, and it's, the Bible says, while they went along the way, they were healed. While they went along the way, if they'd stayed where they were, they would not have been healed. But it's while they began to move, to, to make progress when they put themselves in motion, step by step. Steps are so important in our journey, in our walk with Jesus Christ. And that's why I love this so much. I'm so grateful for those that, you know, have been cheering me along through 31 years here at Valley Christian Church that, that, that have encouraged me because I don't get it right all the time. I, I've allowed me to like grow up here in this church, people have believed in me. I'm talking about like uh, the Diamond family. I'm talking about the Villeguses. I'm talking about the Faragella family. I'm talking about the Rainvilles. You know, those that were patient with my progress because every one of us is in progress and we deserve to have patience. As I like to tell my wife all the time, you know, I, uh, I'm not the man I used to be and I'm not the man I'm going to be, but I'm getting better all the time and hopefully you are too, you can say the same thing as well. That's, that's why we need to be patient with our progress. We, we need to, that's why we need valley groups, because we need people around us that can cheer us on in our spiritual walk, step after step after step. By the way, our summer semester, you know, we've already had to close down all the sign-ups, huge sign up of new people in our valley groups that really understand how important it is to surround yourself with like-minded Christians that are going to encourage you, cheer you on in your walk and on your spiritual journey. That's why we all need growth track, because sometimes we need help in understanding what is the, what's the purpose God put me on this planet for? What, what makes me unique? Why am I here and where do I fit into God's big plan that he has? That's why we need that, because it's impossible sometimes. You don't get it all in one touch. You need to take another step. And so maybe that step was joining a small group. Maybe that step is growth track. Maybe that step's joining a dream team. What's the next step for you in your spiritual journey? Because if you don't get it all in just one moment, we actually need the journey as well. We don't all get better at the same time. That's why we, don't get, we shouldn't compare ourselves. We don't all get healed the same way as Jesus didn't ever do it the same way. Uh, at the same rate, we don't all grow at the same rate and at the same way. And so that's what I love about the uniqueness of this miracle. So right now what I'd like to do is just make this real practical application of this miracle story. Because I think there's four things that we need to learn From this miracle, Jesus spit into the eyes of this blind man, touched him once, and then touched him a second time. So you can almost say there's three touches. There's spit, there's spit, then there's the first touch, then there's the second touch. Three different contacts from the Savior. Or you could even say four, Jesus led him by the hand first. So multiple touches in his life, And then it brought the clarity. So four points to learn from this miracle. The first is this. I think we need to see people how they can be. See people how they can be. Not necessarily how they are, but see the potential in other people. The blind man had some friends that could see the potential in him. He had some friends that he was close to that brought him to Jesus. He surrounded himself with the right people. Like I said before, friends will either get you closer to Jesus or they will pull you away and draw you further away from Jesus? What kind of friends do you have? We need to see the potential in other people, see people how they could be. You know, there's a very familiar passage of Scripture. Oftentimes, uh, we hear this read in weddings because it's about love. But I, I think, you know, it wasn't written in the context of say this at weddings. It was written in the context of how we're supposed to relate to one another 1 Corinthians 13, it's all about love. Let's look at some of the highlights because this is how we're supposed to see one another. This is how we're supposed to relate to one another. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. And so this is the way we're supposed to see each other and relate to each other through the eyes of love, that we see each other's potential, and not what we once were or what we once did or where we are stuck right now. Love sees the best. And it goes on and it says, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful. You, you, you can't be hopeful if you don't see potential in people. So always hopeful and endures every circumstance and then that's not all that it has to say this perspective that if we're going to see the potential in other people then drop down a few more verses in into verse 11 the same chapter first corinthians 13 about love and it's very interesting the parallel watch what it says when i was a child i spoke like i i spoke and thought and reasoned as a child but when i grew up i put childish things away now hold on look at this now we see things imperfectly. Now we see, now we see, like that blind man, now we see people like trees. Now, now, on my best day, I don't see everyone, and I don't see anyone the full way that God does. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. That's why we need to give people the benefit of the doubt. That's why we need to see people how they could be. And it goes on and it says, all that I know now is partial and complete. Nobody knows it all. Nobody is an expert on everything that has to do with God. And so we need to humbly recognize that. But then I will know everything completely just as God knows me completely. Three things will last forever, forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So we need to have that perspective of love when we look upon other people and see people how they really can be, not how they were or how they even are right now. One of my favorite quotes uh, in all the world is by Hall of Fame uh, head football coach Jimmy Johnson who won a number of Super Bowls with the Dallas Cowboys. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And and he put it this way. Jimmy Johnson said, treat a person as he is, and he'll remain as he is. Treat him as he could be, and he will become what he should be. That's powerful. That's life-changing football coach talk right there. But you know what? This is also life-changing and life-giving godly perspective as well. See people how they could be. Just like the blind man's friend saw he could be something else. He could be different. Let's get him to Jesus. Jesus saw him and said he could be different and he touched his life a number of times. Let me put it this way. Don't give up on people. Don't give up on people. See people how that could be. Here's the second truth I think is important in this miracle. See growth as a process. Embrace the process. See growth as a process. Psalm 37 verse 23 puts it this way. The Lord makes firm the steps. Here it is again. See the motion. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall for our Lord upholds him with his hand. See this process that is not The Lord makes firm the one who's standing in place doing nothing. Doesn't say that. The steps of those who delight in him. And even though he stumbles, you know what? He's going to fall forward. He will not fall completely. He'll stumble forward for the Lord upholds him with his hand. You know, so many times we look at that just one touch and we say, oh, that's the miracle. But the reality is this, steps are supernatural too. Steps are really supernatural too. Sometimes miracles in our life are in a moment. Sometimes miracles in our life come in stages. But both are supernatural. Don't fight the process. It's so important that you and I lean into the process. Some things God just does in a moment, positionally. In that moment that, that uh, the Bible says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. In that moment we're saved. We're forgiven of our sins when we call upon the name of the Lord. That's positionally, but some things happen progressively in stages. That's what the Bible calls, refers to as, it's sanctification. That that I'm becoming more and more as I yield to the Holy Spirit, surrender to the Holy Spirit in my life, that I become more and more in the character and the likeness of God. And so, don't compare yourself to someone else's step. Don't compare yourself to where someone else is growing. What's the next step you need to take? And and here's the the third real truth or lesson to learn from this miracle. See the potential for change in other people. Number one, see the people how they could be. Number two, see growth as a process. Number three, see the potential for change in everyone. Stay positive. Stay positive. You know, I'm not an old man, but I'm not a young man. (laughs) I'm kind of a middle-ager man. And one thing I've seen is like, people do change. People change when, when, when Jesus is in their life. When Jesus is at the center, the, the power of God can really change people. I think it's so important to stay positive. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, the Living Bible puts it this way. But we Christians have no veil on our faces. I'll explain that in just a second. We can be mirrors that brightly reflect the glory of the Lord. And as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like Him. As we allow the Holy Spirit and we surrender to the Holy Spirit, we can change. We can, we can really change. And we become more and more like Him. What's re- being referred to here is the Old Testament, Moses actually went up on the mountain uh, and God would speak to him and he'd come down and because he was in God's presence, his face would be glowing and it just freaked the nation of Israel out so much. So he would actually put a veil over his face. They're like, we don't see it. We don't want to see that. It was really creeping them out uh, because he'd had this experience with God. So he put a veil over their face so they couldn't see the radiance reflected on his face. And they're like, but we Christians, we don't have a veil on our face. We we can be mirrors that brightly reflect the glory of the Lord. And as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like Him. We're transformed. See the potential for change. And and what that means a lot of times is God is the God of the second chance and even a third chance. And we need to be people of grace and mercy as well. We, We need to... Could I put it this way? Keep the door open for folks. Folks that stumble. Let me just say this. If you're stumbling right now, we got the door open for you. Stumble right in here to Valley Christian Church. This is a place for you. Because there's really, as we say, one rule, no perfect people allowed. Stumble forward. We we don't need to close the door on people. Slam the door off. God could never reach you. I mean, I think all of us have, know someone in our life like, wow, I never thought God could reach that person. Yeah, he does. We need to keep the door open. See people how they could be. See growth as a process. Embrace the process. See the potential for change. And then the, the fourth point is this. See and trust God's power. Just like that blind man. See and trust God's power. Don't limit, could I put it this way, don't limit the way maker. He he can do it. God God can do, he can do a miracle in your life. It may not look like you think. I, I mean, it may get messy like spit in the eyes, but I don't think that blind man minded it at all when he could see everything clearly. So many times we're asking God to do something, but we want him to do it a certain way in our life. And sometimes it's not neat and tidy. Sometimes it's wet and yucky. See and trust God's power. I love this passage in Ephesians. It tells us how powerful he is. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who is able, to to God, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, as soon as you imagine what God could do, you've limited him. He can do more. He can do more than that. As soon as you begin to dream, maybe God could do that. Guess what? He can do more. He can do more. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or think, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever amen. He can do so much more. See and trust God's power. It's so important. You know, because all of us make mistakes. All of us need another touch. We don't all get it at one time. We get get forgiveness at one time, salvation at one time. But in terms of him changing who we are and helping us to see life the way he wants us to, that's a process. Changing our character, that's a process. And so I would kind of summarize this point this way. God's faithfulness is full of surprises. God's faithfulness is really full of surprises. Man, I love this story. Just God, do it again. Do it again, Lord. Do it Touch me again. I, I, I kind of see, but it's still blurry. I... I, I It's like tree vision is what I have. Touch me again, Lord. Touch me again, I'll be changed. Touch me again, I'll be even better. Touch me again, I'll be more the person you want me to be. Touch me again, Lord, as I take a step, as I move forward, and as I trust you. See people how they could be. See growth as a process. See the potential for change, and see and trust God's power. I want to end with this, kind of wrapping up those four points, this whole idea of moving forward, not going back the way we came, a second touch, maybe a third touch. Maybe today you need a first touch. Look at this promise in 2 Peter chapter 1. I love this in the message translation. It's actually two sentences. It's going to take four slides for us to get through it. Because uh, it's run-on, but but look at this: 2 Peter chapter one verse five through nine. So don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given, God's touch in your life. Build on it, complementing your basic faith with good character. He's changing you and me. Spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience. Doesn't all happen in a moment reverent wonder, keep moving forward, warm friendliness and generous love, each dimension fitting into and developing the others. This is what God's doing. He's developing these dimensions in our life as we embrace the process, as we see people how they can be, as we see growth as a process as we see the potential for change all the time, what is it God wants to change in you? What is it wants to change in me right now? And we trust God and his power. then it goes on and says, with these qualities active and growing in our lives, no grass will grow under your feet. Why? Because you're moving. Because you're taking another step in Jesus' direction. You're, You're not staying still You're not on the sideline till everything is perfect. You're moving forward. One step, another step, another step, and grass will not grow under your feet. Love this, how it's translated in the message. It goes on and says, No day will pass without its reward as you mature. See the growth there? In your experience of our master Jesus. Then it goes on and says, Without these qualities, you can't see what's right before you. Without these qualities in our life, you know what we are? We're blind men. We're blind women. We're blind. But when we take a step and then another and another with Jesus, we don't stay where we are, we begin to see. Things begin to get a little bit more clear as God touches our lives. Without these qualities, you can't see what's right before you, oblivious to your old sinful life that has been wiped off the books. Why? Because he's touched our life. Now we can see. And these qualities are are growing in my life and in your life as we just ask God, God, do it again. Do it again, Lord. Touch me again, and I'll continue to walk with you not stand still but walk with you would you bow your heads with me right now let's pray father we thank you that slow progress is still progress and Lord sometimes it doesn't even seem like we can take a step sometimes it seems like we're just crawling but Lord may we just have the tenacity to keep moving forward Lord thank you for a touch and a moment that changes us. But Lord, thank you that we also, today, we embrace the process. And God, we do pray that you would help us to see people how they could be through the eyes of love. That we would see growth as a process, see potential for change, and trust you and your power that can do immeasurably more than we ever ask or imagine. And Father, Give us clarity of vision as we continue to take one step after another towards you and allow your Holy Spirit to change our character to look more like you. Right now with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity. If you've never prayed to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, that's how that first touch really happens in our life. The Bible says if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so right now, I wanna lead you in a prayer that you can repeat after me. Just open your heart up to Jesus right now and he'll touch your life. He'll hear your words. He'll hear your heart and he'll touch your life. Just repeat this prayer after me right now. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. I turn from my sin today. Jesus, thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. Jesus, I ask you, be my Savior and Lord today. Touch my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I will follow you from this day forward. Amen.